guys, welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Ellie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. We were inspired to learn about the journeys of normal people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices, from physical to emotional to spiritual, to figure out what wellness means to them and what works for them. We aren't doctors or experts, just average ladies figuring out how to live our best lives while tackling topics all across the wellness spectrum. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we in our community share our courageous wellness. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Courageous Wellness. Today on the podcast, we have Catherine McCord, founder of the popular website, Weelicious. Catherine is a mom of three, an author of multiple cookbooks, and creator of One Potato, an organic home meal delivery kit service. One Potato's mission is keeping meals delicious and simple so that every dinner appeals to both adults and kids. One Potato sends all of the ingredients pre-prepped so that every meal gets on the table in 30 minutes or less. They currently deliver to all of California, Nevada, and Arizona with plans to expand nationwide. On this episode, we discuss Catherine's personal journey to health and wellness, her tips on creating delicious, clean and healthy meals, and how she balances it all. Catherine offers so much insight, whether you are feeding just yourself or a large family. Please enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Beekeepers Naturals. If you have listened to our episode with founder Carly Stein, then you already know how powerful Beekeepers Naturals products are. Beekeepers Naturals is a wellness company specializing in innovative nutraceuticals made from healing hive compounds and plant-based ingredients. Their mission is to improve people's health naturally and save the bees. Allie and I are absolutely obsessed with these products and have been using them consistently since December when Carly was on the podcast. So Allie, what is your favorite Beekeepers Naturals product? I love the Propolis Throat Spray. Mm. I have used it consistently through the entire winter and it's the first year of my life that I did not contract one head cold or sinus infection. Um, It's been my immune system's secret weapon, which makes sense since Propolis is basically the immune system of the beehive and has germ-fighting properties. What about you? I love the Propolis so much too, especially as somebody who always got strep throat and throat infections. It has it has actually changed my life yeah. completely. But with that said, my favorite product is the Bee Chill Hemp Honey. Bee Chill Hemp Honey delivers a powerful 28 milligrams of hemp oil per teaspoon so that you can find your bliss. Made with USA-grown hemp, it is non-psychoactive and contains 0% THC. I sleep like a baby when I take it before bed, and it seriously takes the edge off of my whole day. It also hits the spot when I'm craving something sweet after dinner, which is just an added bonus. Yeah. (laughs) If you want to try the Propolis or Bee Chill Hemp Honey or any of the other amazing products, you can receive 15% off your Beekeepers Naturals order by using the code COURAGEOUSWELLNESS, all one word, at checkout. Or visit beekeepersnaturals.com slash courageouswellness. And you can also find the direct link in our show notes. So welcome, Catherine. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just to jump on in, how did you get interested in health and wellness? And how was Weelicious 
born. Oh wow! Could really sorry. Oh wow! That's a loaded way to begin. So exactly. (laughs) Your own personal journey Um, towards that. I mean, I will say, like, if we're gonna go like way back, um, I was. I'm from Kentucky. I was fascinated from a very young age with fresh food. My grandparents were both into farming. I mean, they had like this massive compost in their yard with like all kinds of crazy stuff growing out of it, like tomatoes. (laughs) And they would take me to U-Pick Farms and they were just very into growing food. Mm -hmm. So um, from an early age, it's funny growing up in Kentucky because it's all like KFC right. drive through fast food and then there was this other side that was just like let's go out and pick apples and eat them mm. right off the tree mm-hmm. so I got this very like yin and yang perspective but I also had a family that was like five o'clock clockwork all four of us at the dinner table no TV mm. so um, food was just like super ingrained in me now cut to I became an exchange student in Mexico when I was in seventh grade so I was living for months with this Mexican family and wow. making homemade tortillas and like I have such sense memory of uh-huh. all these like flavors and textures and just like totally different way of life. And then I started modeling when I was um, 13 and really starting to travel around the world. And I just became fascinated with how different cultures ate and why do kids in Mexico or India like eat like vibrant flavors Mm -hmm. and um, spicy. And like in America, why is it that like we're like just begging our kids to eat goldfish and chicken nuggets and like they're picky eaters and they won't eat anything. Mm -hmm. So um, that really was like part of the initial journey okay wow and what a well-rounded journey as a young person right to be like this is like and and like you said like that huge juxtaposition of growing up in Kentucky from KFC to like (laughs) farm to table like literally the whole spectrum and yeah going to Mexico and seeing different cultures so then how did modeling actually affect your relationship with food too? That's so interesting. You know, like yeah. what was your relationship with food during that time? Well, there were definitely times where it was very disturbing because <laughs> I was living at times with eight girls. Yeah. Um, again, from around the world, ever I've seen everything from anorexia to bulimia to starvation to you know, and I I think that that also I think became a part where I wanted as a girl yeah. as a woman to have a healthy relationship and share healthy relationships with food. And I think that they're in America also, it's like this diet and that diet. And I think for me, it's many years later, what it's become is like, let's eat real food. Let's eat fresh food. If you're eating real fresh food, Mm. you can eat anything you want. There shouldn't be this like, you know, like suppression of, you know, my God, I want that, but I can't eat it. So I think that that's been part of also, you know, the journey for me. Do you remember a specific age or time in your life where you became aware of that idea? Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely around 16. And again, like, remember, like for me, now I can't even imagine for young girls. It tortures me because like social media Mm. and, you know, the press has what they've done with like body image. Yeah. I mean, for me back then it was, you know, there just wasn't like People Magazine was like all there was, you know, and it was was totally different. Um, So, you know, really having 
being able to like model good behaviors. And I, I think that, you know, it's, I've spent a lot of time like looking at why people deprive themselves. And I think it's as much, especially as you get older, it's not about body image as, as, as it is self-worth. Mm. And I think that people just like we, when we feel sad, when we feel lonely, like either we overeat or we undereat. And so like where, where does food play in our emotional as much as it does our physical? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's always, you know, we interview so many people and oftentimes nutrition or food is a part of the conversation and it's so much more than just about what's on our plate, right? And that's something, a pattern that we see over and yeah. over again. A hundred percent. I think it's about educating yourself and just like trying, when you're happy, I think people are, are tend to go to be their best selves. Absolutely. Um, but edu the education piece, I think is just really important, like understanding what's on your plate. Yeah, wow. So, so how did you work to educate yourself at, like at 16? Like what were the early days? And maybe there wasn't even an awareness yet of, I'm educating myself, but like other than the broad kind of exposure from an international point of view when you're traveling, was there, was there like research that you did or books that you read or what was part of your process and how you start to educate yourself about food and how it made you feel? Well, I, I was like, I mean, from the age of nine, I was getting like food and wine and gourmet. <laughs> I was like obsessed with like just food, the food part of it, uh -huh. like cooking and recipes. Yeah. I mean, I've read probably every cookbook and then eventually like nutrition book. Like I became, mm. um, I went to culinary school, okay. um, in my early twenties in New York. I mean, even did to you go to CIA? I went to the, uh, to ICE Institute okay. of Culinary Education okay. and I, for the full program and I loved it. I met some of my closest friends and I really like people kept saying to me like, why are you going to culinary school? Go get a job in a restaurant. But like for me, I wanted that formal education. Yeah. I love, you know, like really understanding the history of food and, um, it's nutritional value and that, that, so all of it sort of like came together for me. I mean, I'm as much self-taught, just like research as much as anything. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I, I spend a lot of my time, you know, between, you know, how it's grown, um, and what's actually in the quality of food, food combining, like all of it. That's okay. so incredible. Like yeah. that's truly, and I think, I think now it's really interesting because when we, you know, dive a little now into flash forward to Weelicious. You started that in 2007. I, uh, yes, yes. I'm like, no, no, you're right. October 2007. I'm like, what year was my son born? Yes. No, and, and I definitely want to hear about that journey. But, you know, I think in 2019, people probably because of social media and different things, it's now people are more interested in taking like control of their health and wanting to know what's in their food. But I imagine when you began, it was so different. And so maybe you can touch on how was Weelicious born? How was this with your son and how was it born? So yeah, I mean, I, there was, there was always many births. Um, well, I, like, so I said, I went to culinary school and I was working in restaurants and catering companies between New York and LA and really trying to kind of find my way because I had been also doing, I was like going to culinary school at night and, um, working on a few different TV shows during the day to like pay the bills yeah. basically. Um, and so when I had my son, I was like, 
oh, I can cook like a three-star meal and I have no idea how to feed this child. Mm -hmm. And I had really, like any new mom, I was like going, like, you know, this is like the dawn of the internet. There were only like chat rooms, like Facebook was just like coming in. Um, And so I was just researching, like trying to like, how do you make kids great eaters from day one? There was so little research, so little, so few books or blogs really about it. Um, And we have always shopped at the Hollywood Farmer's Market and Mm. bought all of our food there. Um, so I just started taking like just different fruits and vegetables and created this blog mm. called Weelicious and every day posting a different recipe and mm. it just became like baby food and then he got a little older and it became toddler food then I had another child and it was like family food and this idea of like one family one meal like how am I going to feed all of these right. different ages and get mm. everybody to eat and it is like I mean, if you've never cooked before, because I think that there's this generation where for, you know, for our generation, Mm -hmm. um, it was very much like prepared food and on the go. And especially women going straight from college into the workforce and they miss that whole, like, I have to cook. Yeah. Um, so like, I mean, and all of a sudden, you know, like when you're a single person, you're like, I can do this. I mean, I just have to feed my own body. But then all of a sudden you have one, two, three, four kids and you're like, oh my God, I have 21 meals and snacks that I have to provide every week. That's, that's, wow. Yeah, when you do the math, that actually is like, like, I'm not going to have kids. It's a terrible idea. (laughs) Yeah, and I imagine so overwhelming because like you said, I think especially in the United States, children are such picky eaters, you know, And, and how did you navigate that with your son? Was... Did you just start introducing these delicious recipes and he took them or was there trial and error? Yeah, I wish it was that easy. Yeah. And they're like, I am Martha Stewart and you will eat everything. <laughs> um, I mean, I will say I do think that there is a lot of science behind like what you eat when you're breastfeeding and yeah. what you taste and flavors your child is getting. Um, introduction at, a very, at an early age of different foods. Um, and look, I mean, you know, especially like when you get into that toddler age Mm -hmm. when, you know, I always say like toddlers can give you their imaginary middle finger because they're like, you tell me where to go. You pick me up, you put me down, like you dress me like kids have zero um, control over their lives because it's all about what the parents dictate. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden they're like, I'm not going to eat that. And that becomes their control. So I think that when you can work within that um, and give, giving, like I'm a big fan of like two choices. Like, Uh do you want the carrots or the celery? Do you want, you know, meatballs or steak? Make it small, small choices that work for you as a parent. Cause the trick, the the real trick is that you're in control, but for two choices, like gives kids a lot of like, Oh, I have a choice here. Okay. Right. There's like agency, even, even though you're sort of like controlling the bigger picture, they feel like that they can make a choice and then develop a sense of self in that. Hundred percent. And look, there are textural. I mean, like, look, we all have yeah. preferences. Yes. I mean, my son was a vegetarian when he was five years old and has been wow. since then. I, I mean, he even when he was a baby, like he just didn't love the texture of meat. meat I yeah. want. I think back to it. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that totally makes sense. Yeah. But you know, you're continually trying. Right. Yeah, and I imagine, you know, we have interviewed a couple of moms on our podcast, and there's so much pressure, right, I imagine, to be like, I'm performing as a mom, and I'm feeding my kids the most nutritious food, and I'm cooking dinner. You know, how did you navigate that pressure, but also still being kind to yourself 
at the same time. I mean, I've never really felt, I, I, and, and that's probably just because of the education piece. Like, yeah. I feel like this is one thing I feel in control of. There's plenty of other things <laughs> that I'm, like, not as secure yeah. about. But I do think it is about... Um, giving yourself parameters. You don't have to be an amazing cook mm -hmm. by any means to have a child who ends up loving food. Yeah. Um, and I think that also growing together, like, you know, you see a lot of parents that like, they their their parents didn't like asparagus, so they say, "Why well, don't like asparagus?" Yeah. Um, someone I work with has always been like that, and it's been my mission to get him to become like a great eater. Yeah. And we introduce foods to him all the time. He's like, "I've never had this." Wow, He's like, "What's jicama?" And <laughs> sometimes it's just like exposure and yeah. not beating. Going back to what you're saying, it's not beating yourself up because I yeah. think a lot of this learning curve of having a child is so challenging. Yeah, it's. All, everything is new. You're, I mean, I always feel so bad for firstborn children because they are like the testing ground. My third yeah. one, I'm like, eh, I got, I got this. I know how to handle this. But your of first course. one, you're like, I don't know. And so what were some of the, because I think what's so great about what you do is it's like easy, accessible recipes that anybody can make, you know, for their kids or their families. What were some of the earlier recipes that really caught on on your blog? Oh my gosh. I guess there are ones that like end up, um, like turkey pesto meatballs. It's a lot of spins. Like mm -hmm. people love, you know, like pancake sandwiches mm. or uh, uh, grill, waffle grilled cheese or I'm trying to even think <laughs> of like, uh, I mean, and there's, oh gosh, kale chips. I mean, there's just so many things. Like I try to take as few ingredients but yeah. as much flavor in every recipe as possible. Like breakfast yeah. cookies. Yeah. Like anything that's like a spin on something where you're like, oh, is it really healthy for me? But like, if it's a breakfast cookie, how can it, it, it has to be delicious because it's a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> so. And your background with nutrition and yeah. making sure everything is delicious and nutritious. Totally. Which I think a lot of people feel like they have to let go of taste or flavor if they're eating healthier. Oh, no, yeah, <laughs> it does. You're right. Yeah. Like, and I always want people to know, like, you don't. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. and it's just about, like, what foods do you love? Like, I love ice cream. I've mm -hmm. loved, like, ice cream all my life. But, like, now I, we make a lot of nice cream in the yeah. house. So it's just, I still get that sweetness and that creaminess and that cold, but it just isn't, like gonna hurt my stomach and it's not right. gonna have so much sugar yeah right. what is in your nice cream recipe every i make a di we <laughs> make a different times. one like chocolate peanut butter or strawberry or uh pitaya oh, with dragon wow. fruit wow. so it's yeah it means, wow. so the options are endless and we're gonna have to do some courageous wellness you know what i love though you, you're saying it's like sometimes in our culture we get so bogged down in what's the latest like trend and we even see in sort of like the health and wellness world it's like it can become obsessive for mm -hmm. people and and sort of like unhealthy in the other direction and then you feel like you can't eat anything and there's so much fear around it but what you're saying which I think like the foundation of sort of everything which we've lost touch with sometimes is that if you're eating real fresh food that is nutrient dense you don't have to worry about all the other mm -hmm, stuff. Hundred percent. You know, and you can have your piece of chocolate, your yeah. glass of wine. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm just beyond an advocate about it. Yeah, like, we yes. just, we eat real food, but like, you can eat as many avocados because you're right. gonna, you're not gonna. Because your body's want. gonna stop you Ex when you're full. Totally, yeah. totally. And I, I do think when people are like, oh, I shouldn't have that. Yeah. I mean, look, what should you limit yourself on? Probably soda. Right. Things that like, it, I would almost say like, if something doesn't feel good in your body, it's probably your body saying like this 
really is yes. hurting my stomach. It's making me feel dizzy. Why is my skin itchy? Why is my hair not growing? Whatever it mm-hmm. is. So, you know, the food I eat, like I always hope that it like is just like as good for your insides as it is for your out- outsides. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a like a simple concept. And I'm so happy to like just always hear that reminder because it's so, it's such a like, that's the thing. It's like we lose fact of like we're human beings we know how to eat. Yeah. Like our bodies know, are intelligent, but it's hard because we're in a society where we're like being given food that's actually not really food. It's like manufactured to hit that pleasure point in our brain and it's manufactured in a lab and not from the ground. Totally. Yeah. So like just like, I love that your recipe is like go back to basics and mm-hmm. it's just, you know, but you can still have delicious. It's more delicious when totally. you remove that stuff. And have balance, like you're saying, because yeah. I think that is really important for a full, enjoyable life to have that glass of wine yeah. or to have that piece, piece of, of chocolate. chocolate. Yeah. Okay. I'm just like, deprivation yeah. like does no good <laughs> no. for anyone. I mean, we have a real philosophy, like even in our house. I mean, it's totally not on purpose, but when we when we eat at home, we tend to eat like a healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, we air fry things, we blend things, mm-hmm. we yeah. bake, roast. And when we go out, like we like, Enjoy. I don't even think about mm-hmm. it. You yeah. know, there's pizza, there's, you know, steak with a little pat of butter, there's right. whatever it is that, is that you're, yeah. cr- like, you you know, could you go out to, like, enjoy someone else cooking for you? Right. Yeah, and life is what you do most of the time, right? And your health and wellness is going to be determined on, like, how you eat. Just, like, one healthy meal is not going to make you healthy and, like, a size zero or whatever. It's, like, really? one unhealthy meal isn't going to like ruin your microbiome or whatever it is that you're focusing on. And and we also all have very different body types and blood types. And I think that it's important um, to really like go back and like, what is my body type and like, what makes my engine run best? You know that, and that was like, especially with my kids. I mean, I even realized we can get to this or not that, you know, I was like for, especially with my son being a vegetarian, Mm -hmm. you know, even breakfast became this thing where I was like waffles and pancakes and toast and I was like I'm just giving my kids like sugar and bread like yeah. it started to just because because they kept being like we love crepes yeah. we love pancakes yeah and the day that I realized I needed to start giving them fruits vegetables protein every morning because that's what I was eating and feeling good yeah. Yeah. that all of a sudden they started to feel better perform better mm-hmm. and it was this like real like curve of an aha moment yeah. like just watching these human beings that I was sending to school like having expectations of them like being focused and energized to work for eight hours at school. So you need to like, we all need to set our intention, like eating something really solid and good for our bodies at the beginning of the day. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, where I met you the first time was that you moderated a wellness Mm -hmm. panel at the SoCal Moms Mm -hmm. event, um, which I didn't realize was a mom's event when I watched (laughs) it. I I love kids. My friends have kids. I hope to have kids um, one day in the future, but um, it's not it was, a club. It's not a club. No, it I was mean. great. I still learned so much from this amazing wellness panel, and I got to meet you, so it's it was so fantastic. Funny. But I think you did touch on that during the moderation panel. Like, I thought I was like feeding all this like nutrient food, but you know. So, what was that process of being like? Oh, even though my son is a vegetarian, which is so incredible, you know, at that age. To be like, oh, I have to make sure he's getting all of the right nutrients as well. And that, I do think that that's where it comes from, education. And mm-hmm. like, I try to share that stuff as much as possible because yeah. I do think that for there, I do see more and more children today that are becoming vegetarian by their own 
their own choice. Yeah. Um, and parents are like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. So I just like, it's, I, I just have to be conscious on his behalf to educate him. Yeah. Which is like, he's a kid. Of course he's going to want like lemon pound cake of four course. meals yeah. a day. Three, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Snack, breakfast, yeah. lunch. Um, but I just have to tell him, you have to have a protein. What do you want it to be? Because the mm-hmm. rest of us, like even at dinner, I'm always making fish or chicken or, you know, steak or something. So on those nights, I'm like, do you want a handful of nuts? Do you want a, mm-hmm. a sunny side up egg? Do you want a veggie burger? Like mm-hmm. beans, yeah. whatever you, but he has to have protein. And wow. so like, again, I give him a choice. I'm yeah. like, these are all like simple, take me 30 seconds to prepare. Yeah. Um, but you need that for your body. It's really important. I think that's so amazing that you give your children that choice too, just going back to that, because that must make them feel so empowered and feel so involved. Even if it's in such a small way, they probably feel like it's in such a big way to be involved in like what they're also putting in their body. A hundred percent. So incredible. Yeah. And I mean, it does. I mean, like even like we have a smoothie for breakfast every morning and I'll say to them the night, the night before, like what, what kind should we make tomorrow? Because, and I try not to make it too open-ended, like what kind would you like? But you know, I'll say like, do you want chocolate peanut butter or do you want like green tea matcha or whatever? Perfect. Yeah. Like that they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So that they can see. And I love that, like, because there are so many picky eaters. Those are my air quotes, picky eaters out there. And I think, you know, years ago I used to um, nanny for a little girl and two little girls. And what I thought was so incredible, because one was like a a little baby at the time, she, um, her mom would have like Persian food that they had for dinner the night before and she would give it to her like maybe she was a year and a half at the time like yogurt with spices and things like that because and she would eat it yeah. and like to develop a palate from that age is really awesome right it's like more than just like bland flavors or sugar or whatever the kids so so from those early early stages she would be exposed to different and that goes back to the internet, my point about like yeah. what we're doing in America for many families yeah. versus like internationally where yeah. there is less choice. Yeah. And it's like, this is what's this for dinner, what's for dinner. Yeah. and yeah. it's good. Yeah. And yeah. You know, not that even in wherever, like, you know, with per- a Persian cuisine, like if you're going to have eight choices, your child may still only like like three or four, yeah. right. but that you're just continuing to offer that variety. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, but it, it worked. It was so effective. And to yeah. see that like, you know, you, you have the involvement. I think that's the thing. It's like kids also being involved mm-hmm. in what they're eating and not just like, you know, it's like a side note. Like, I love that you're like, okay guys, what are we going to have? We're going to share a smoothie tomorrow. It's going to be like a family thing. Yeah. It's our morning ritual, but like we all do it and we all take part in that. And I see my kids all the time. I don't, yeah. my, now that I have a three year old, so I have a 12 and a three and a 10, you know? So yeah. like I see, I'm like read, watching it all over again and I'm like, oh, I got your game. Yeah. <laughs> I know what's happening here. So I'll get her, you know, she'll be like, I don't that I'm like okay do you want to help me cook and oh yeah here's your knife you know and the next thing you know she's chopping up the broccoli that she just said two seconds ago like I don't want yeah and now she's just eating it unconsciously yeah Yeah. because so much of it is that I don't want that yeah yeah we had um Leah Goldenglass of Mm -hmm. Leah's Plate on the podcast and she was talking about how like so many times people get so deterred when their kids like I don't want I don't like or I don't want but she constantly reintroduces like she's like if they say they don't like it this week well she'll try again next week instead of and she doesn't get mad if they don't eat it but she's not gonna just be like take their word for it because they're just you know 
And reinventing it. Like yeah. it was steaming broccoli, roasting yeah. it, putting brags on it, sesame seeds, soy sauce, like that you're constantly yeah. taking that food. And, you know, like my kids like will eat almost any raw vegetable. Yeah. Sometimes they're like, you know, if it's roast or if, if I cook it in a different way, they're like, no, what's that? But, you know, like yeah. I, I knowing that as long as they get it yeah. and giving it to them in their like favorite way. Yeah. That's so, yeah. And you know, I also love cause so many of your recipes and, um, and your meal delivery, which mm -hmm. we can get to as well, but it's the concept of doing it together, mm -hmm. right? It's like involving yeah. you, the children in this process because that's going to make them, even if they're not like fully aware of what's happening, it's going to make them more educated. Um, it's going to just give them this whole education to nutrition and food that, is so important as a young adult and for yeah. the rest of your life. And they're empowered by it. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I, I have stories of when my son was like six years old at school and mom calling me that night and being like, what was that purple thing in Kenya's lunch? And I was like, dragon fruit? And she's like, yeah, you know, Govin is like, has to have it now. Where do I go find <laughs> it? And I think that you do, like kids can yeah. be really good examples for other for kids. kids. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and also it's interesting because you, you touched when you, in the earlier part of the episode, you touched on that every night in your childhood, like family meal was a really important thing, um, which I understand is in our lifestyle now is sort of a hard thing to mm -hmm. achieve for many people and families. And, um, but that it's actually that part of your life has now translated to your business, mm -hmm. which is really cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is, I think it's full circle. And I think that, you know, obviously that time, like at a dinner table, all of our lives are mm -hmm. so crazy and there's no judgment if you can't do dinner yeah. I mean look we're all working yeah, late our yeah. kids have activities late it's just hard yeah. but I always encourage people like whether it's breakfast brunch yeah. on a Sunday whatever yeah. it is that you have the you know those meals at the table with no digital um, yeah. and it's just like connection mm -hmm. even you know and it's and it's not always easy especially because teenagers don't want to talk and yeah. your yeah. little one is like got to get off the stool 15 times yeah. and it's just but you like you're like you're making the effort is just it's such you, you can never it's the most valuable time you have I love that and I love that you're saying it doesn't have to be dinner every night it could be breakfast okay. or it could be like big Sunday supper whatever totally. it is yeah. it's just making being mindful if that's something that's important to you, making it work and making it work for your family, I think is really, even and it's if you, fun. yeah, it is fun. I mean, look, it can it be stressful. Yeah. Absolutely. Is yeah. it always going to be perfect? No way. Yeah. But I guarantee in the long run, I mean, like I, my own example is like, it all adds up to something memorable. Absolutely. And even if you don't like, I don't have children, but my husband and I, sometimes we feel like like passing ships because yeah. right. we both have like these freelance lives in Los Angeles and you know, but we really do prioritize like nights, you know, a couple times a week where we can yeah. connect or sometimes we, we both will be at home during the day and be like, let's eat lunch together. I you know, that, that time to connect, Aww. whether you have children or not, it is a mindful practice. And even if you're single and you're yeah, listening, it's it just could like be, a community, like or girlfriends. Even just or... cooking for yourself. Cause yeah. I think like you said, I think it's so, we do live in a takeout culture and I, she's the cook, I'm the baker, but I'm not <laughs> the greatest at I get cooking. goodies though. She brings yeah, me goodies. I like to bake. <laughs> bingo like score. <laughs> but it's really hard. And I remember like, you know, just even taking that time to be like, I'm going to cook myself a meal yeah. once a week and enjoy it digital free and just be with like yeah. all of this. Like, cause that's the purpose of food, right? It's, 
it's become so emotional and so craving focused and so restrictive or whatever, but ultimately it's about nourishing our bodies yeah. and it's the ultimate form of self-care. Totally. And figuring out what works for you too. Yeah. Like, yeah. is it the farmer's market? Are you more yeah, inspired right. if you go to the farmer's market, if you go to the grocery, if you meal yeah. plan, yeah. or if you set to like, I'm going to cook twice a week or once yeah. a week, whatever it is, but like setting achievable goals for yourself where you're not going to get like, oh, I didn't do it. And now the things are you know, going bad in my refrigerator. Right. So I think yeah. it's like figuring out what works for your lifestyle and Absolutely. which what gives you pleasure. Absolutely. And there are so many things like when I discovered the instant pot, it was like, whoa, whoa. I can make a couple meals yeah. and it's like two can eat and then you can have, you know, multiply multiple meals, right? <laughs> so yeah, it's just, I mean, again, like what works for you? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's so funny. He's one of my favorite doctors. I quote him probably once an episode. Oh, I love this. But do you know Dr. Mark Hyman, who does yes, the Doctor's Pharmacy yeah, podcast? Yeah, yeah, What, he has this concept of, like, as a culture, we need to fall back in love with cooking mm-hmm. for our health, totally. too. And not, you know, we just touched on the social aspects of, like, how healthy it is for us because oftentimes, like, we can come together over a meal. Yeah. But just, like, fall in love with cooking because it is... If you're cooking real food, you're good. Yeah, you're... I mean, and following, figuring out what you all love. Like, right. I always encourage people to come up with a 10, a list. Right. Interview everyone in your family. What are your top 10 foods? Mm-hmm. And, like, see which ones align. So, like, for us, we eat sweet potatoes literally mm-hmm. twice a week. And uh-huh. just, I pop them in the oven. They cost nothing. It's, like, yeah. n- you don't think about yeah. it. And we've, like, we used to be, like, on the, like, garnet, like, orange ones. Now we're, like, white, Asian, the red mm-hmm. ones. And yeah. it's without fail I can get everyone to eat that. So my point being is, like, it's real food. You don't have to. We don't add. They're so sweet. We don't add anything to yeah. them. But it's something that's, like, cost-effective. You can keep it in your refrigerator, right. in your pantry. You know what I mean? Doesn't Finding go those, bad. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're that rotisserie chicken or Instapot or right. air, air fryer person. Like, yeah. whatever, like, just is fast and easy and yeah. healthy and, like, satisfies you. Yeah. Right. And you really, you've created a meal delivery that helps families take that like to be able to create a meal that they can all eat together without all that thought yes. that goes into it in their yeah. busy life. So can you talk to us about that as well? Yeah. So, I mean, I was developing recipes. Um, I was hired to develop recipes for one of the meal delivery companies. And um, all of a sudden, you know, our family, followers had always been like, I've got the cookbooks, I've got the recipes, like just send me the food. Mm. And there was this idea of like meal delivery, but the problem was none of the other companies were doing what I needed. The meals were like for couples and mm-hmm. singles who yeah. had an hour and a half and what fun. <laughs> I want to learn how to chop an onion. I was yeah. like, I don't want it to learn how to chop yeah. an onion. I need dinner on the table. Yeah. Um, so we created One Potato, which is an organic family friendly food company. Um, we do family pricing. Um, funny enough, 30% of our families are couples. Wow. So, and 70% <laughs> center families um but we do like if you have one two three four kids like no matter what your family looks like we can accommodate um we have omnivore vegetarian gluten-free nut-free we're about to have dairy-free wow. and all the like what we're known for is like our homemade sauces and dressings mm-hmm. so everything's very diy so if you do have like more of a picky selective eater um everything is like it's like chicken burrito bowls so mm-hmm. you can make it the exact way that you want it um and it just like you don't have to mini plan you don't have to shop it takes like 12 yeah. to 30 minutes yeah. it's just like for me you know one potato three nights a week like even though I love cooking I'm passionate about it I don't have any time yeah, right. um, and like even last night I worked until 6 30 like and then I was like 
oh my God, wait a minute, we have seven people coming for dinner. <laughs> and I was like so grateful because I made one potato. I took two one potato meals last night. I was like, and I was done in 30 minutes. Wow. Um, so it's, it's just good for the person yeah. that's like three nights a week wants to eat at home but yeah. doesn't know wants yeah. interesting food but doesn't know where to start it's like a way to have it covered without yeah. having to think about it yeah i yeah. mean my babysitter makes it my husband makes it i make it like yeah. and my babysitter is young and yeah. they've never cooked in her life and like she when she first started she was like sending me pictures she was like oh, it's like instagram worthy meal and she was like so excited Ooh, what are some of the meals that you guys offer on one potato so like i said chicken burrito bowls um we do so we have five um meals every week that change week to week okay so it could be tikka masala mm -hmm. it could be um some like a tofu bowl it could be um try to think of uh, like chicken skewers with this, like really amazing Asian rice. And then we have three family favorites and that's either veggie, beef, or turkey burgers mm -hmm. with, and we cut the fries. So all you have to do is pop them in the oven or your air fryer. Wow, we make awesome. homemade ketchup, homemade pickles, caramelized onions. Like you're, it's basically all of the extras for your dream burger or a mm, chicken sheet pan dinner, spaghetti meatballs. Mm. So we really try to like have things that are not so fancy and fussy that you're yeah. like, yeah, for the kid that's like, what's that? But nothing dumbed down mm. that it's like, uh, you know, like this is like kid food. Yeah. So it's just all real homemade food. Yeah. That's that incredible. Sounds delicious. It's yeah. So fun. It's so fun. <laughs> wow. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, it's amazing to be able to have access to something like a meal delivery service or, or farmer's markets, mm -hmm. which we're so fortunate in Los Angeles. We have everything at our fingertips. And yes, there's like the really, really expensive stuff, but we also have like Again, if you sometimes you go to the farmers markets, like you can get some really affordable things, or you can buy bulk in places here. You know, we have like Sprouts bulk and different, yeah. and you know, across the United States, there is not that kind of accessibility, yep. and or the ability to afford those types of foods. So, do you have any suggestions, especially for like parents who maybe are single parents or doing it on their own or don't have the budgets or don't have the, feel that they don't have the accessibility. Are, are there any ways that like people can just make small steps in yeah. very like mm -hmm. simple ways for their lives mm -hmm. if they feel like, yeah, well these women are talking, but they like live in Los Angeles. You know what <laughs> I mean? And it is. It's very, anything. yeah. And you know, there's a certain amount of like privilege that goes along with that and we're aware of that. But for people who just want to make simple steps in their lives and maybe don't have access to the food delivery kind mm -hmm. of thing, do you have any suggestions? Yeah, I think it's about like I think it's about finding whole real foods you love that are expensive. Yeah. Bananas, sweet potatoes, apples. Yeah. Um, you know, picking frozen is your yeah. like your best yes. friend. So like we I keep like frozen cauliflower for smoothies, broccoli to defrost for dinner, and uh, on and on. And what I think is great about that is like you only use the small portion you want because there's yeah. nothing more frustrating right. than spending three dollars on a head yeah. of organic broccoli and you're like we never got to it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a bag of organic frozen broccoli is $1.99. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's, um, you know, and then again, taking that rotisserie chicken and having it for dinner one night and sandwiches the next day yeah. and boiling it down for chicken soup. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's finding things that either work in your budget or work in your time frame. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, like, I mean... I'm from Kentucky. Like right. we yeah. didn't have, it's not, it was not an oasis of, you know, yes. we ate yeah. very seasonally. My parents were very much on a budget. So it's always just yeah. finding um, the foods that 
fit in your budget, yeah. but that also like satisfy you and make you feel good about it. And luckily there are things like Thrive Market mm-hmm. and Amazon now. And, yeah, you know, yeah. So making it a little bit more that does ma- That do make it much more accessible yeah. um, and affordable and mm-hmm. easy. Well, and I think those are great tips, you know, for anybody who's listening, you know, yeah, be, no. because even in Los Angeles, it's like when I was, you know, especially like in my early 20s and trying to figure out how to feed myself, it would have been great to hear like, oh, you can buy like, like you just don't know. And I remember so many times I would throw away so much food because I just didn't know how to shop and feed myself. And then that was such a vicious cycle of, well, then I'm just going to like get like Chipotle or takeout because totally. I don't want to waste food. Right? Well, when, when I first started modeling, I was living by myself. I was 15 and 16 years yeah. old in New York and I had no money and yeah. I could take a box of pasta, a thing of bagels and a thing of marinara and make it last for like six days. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that was like yeah. what I ate every day. Um, and I think it's just about figuring out like yeah. what satisfies yeah. you and like how to, how to stretch it. But in like, again, like yeah. a, like a real way. Well, like and like frozen food. vegetables have changed, especially for smoothies. And I eat them. Yeah, I love I, frozen I, they vegetables. They changed my life because, yeah. again, like you're not seeing them go to waste, especially when you're busy and you're running around. You like it, you kind of hit the nail on the head where it's like you can cook as much as you're going to eat in that moment. Yeah. They and a lot of the vegetables, especially even like frozen organic vegetables, which are still way cheaper when you buy them frozen yeah. than fresh. Well, and they're picked at the peak of perfection. Exactly. So they and the nutrients are. Totally. Yeah. I mean, we just went on vacation somewhere that was like not, there was not (laughs) nothing to buy. Yeah. And I bought all frozen vegetables and cooked dinners and just like, I mean, we just did like chicken breast, chicken breast, sweet potatoes and frozen broccoli. I I mean, and it's just, yeah, you can make it work. Yeah. 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 And I think having resources, you know, like your website and your Instagram page yeah. help because then you can be like, okay, this is a meal that I can make no matter where I live. By the way, I, I go on my own Instagram yeah. sometimes and I'm like, what am I making? And I look yeah. through the feed. It's And that's what's great about like Instagram yeah. or Pinterest yeah. that you can just like visually go on people's feeds and be like, oh, I hadn't thought about yeah, that. Exactly. That's awesome. Especially when you're feeling like, bored yeah. you know I think that's another thing it's like people are like well I know how to make this this and this but it's like but you can get inspiration yeah. from other people's things now so yeah. quickly and it's it's amazing and that and that sort of can re-inspire you to be like interested in cooking because we, yeah, we, we get in ruts and yeah. we all get in ruts and it's a matter of like once you can add one more thing to your roster yeah. you're yeah. like ooh yeah. I mean we do by the way we, I mean thank <laughs> God for one potato because three nights a week like my kids are always like oh Oh, this is great. I mean, believe me, by the time we get to Friday and Saturday, they're like, mm, where's one potato? <laughs> because I mean, I'm a working mom. Yeah. I mean, as much as I am a cook and love doing all this, it's still, I have three kids and two businesses and yeah. there's just, you know, I can't like make like the, yeah. you know, the Martha yeah. Stewart experience, even though I want to of every course. single night. And yeah. one potato can help with that. And it's yeah. available in all California and Arizona. Eight states. Eight so states. we're in eight states on the West coast and we're awesome. working on um, growing. So yeah, we're building, we're building the business right now and launching our retail line of sauces and dressings and yeah my next cookbook comes out in January 2020. That's so exciting. I know it's very exciting. As um, a mom and a wife and a business owner of multiple different channels um, how do you prioritize self-care like what does (laughs) self-care look like for you how do you make time for you? I go to the bathroom 
that's it. That's my self-care. It sucks. It sucks. I mean, I think that we all have to have choices in our life. Um, I mean, my, my dad literally was like, he was like, I'm worried about you. Mm. And I think that there's, there, like there's cycles in our lives. If we have exercise, work, family, friends, um, you know, you, and fun, let's say, Mm -hmm. you only get maybe two of those at a time. I just don't think that you can have it all. I don't think (laughs) you should aspire to have it all. Um, I mean, for me, I'm like, if I'm happy, that to me is my self-care. I mean, I want to exercise. I want facials and foot rubs (laughs) and it just does not, you know, it just doesn't happen. So I think that feeding like your, whatever happy means to you, if you can figure out, um, how to make that achievable? I think that is that's that to me is a lot of self care. And what does happy mean to you? What is your happy? My happy is um, just a pretty day, getting to play with my kids, like mm-hmm. really play, like mm-hmm. turning off, you know, um, the outside like technology and yeah. really engaging. I mean, I find that like conversation for me is very mm-hmm. stimulating mm-hmm. and fulfilling, you know, like a glass of wine with a girlfriend. Yeah. Like those are the little things that are like massive to me. That's okay. so beautiful. Yeah. And I love, you know, it's, it's sort of refreshing to hear that you say like, you can't have it all at the same time. Like, because oftentimes I think, especially for women, we put pressure on ourselves mm-hmm. because we perceive other people to be having it all. Yeah. But that usually takes villages of people to like <laughs> truly make things work, right? Like to be the CEO and the mom and the wife and the whatever, you know what I mean? Like all the things. It's like, and also not have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> no, but, but I dare anyone to like, yeah. take that one person that you think, like you put on a pedestal, right, yeah. go and have a real conversation with them. Right, yeah. I would bet you will walk away feeling so much better. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's probably the biggest problem with like Instagram. Right, because yeah. like you all only this. get a one-sided Totally. You're, I, I, people do that to me all the time. They're like, it all looks so good. I'm like, it is also good, but let me, there's... Plenty yeah, of, of like anxiety and strain and stress yes. that you know that is there. Exactly. Like, perfection does doesn't not exist. No, no. <laughs> and who wants that? Perfection is boring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You need a little color. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We don't want beige lives. Yeah, no. I've got very. I got a lot of colors. Trust <laughs> me. So as as someone who has done many things and now also has two companies and runs a family, <laughs> yeah, that's like a third business, I, right? Oh, I know. So. Are there any sort of key things that you have read or podcasts that you listen to or anything that's felt particularly inspiring sort of in in your own journey as, as being a boss or being as a mom? It could be yeah. for, sort of for anything or your own education um, that you could recommend. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm podcast obsessed because okay. only, my only alone time is like in a car. <laughs> um, so I listen to How I Built This. Oh, yeah. Um, and many people now I'm sure do too. I went to the mm-hmm. conference this year. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. such a geek. Um, but what I love about it is like my kids and I listen to it together. Yeah. So they're, they're 10 and 12. So they're, it's, um, it's about entrepreneurs. Yeah. It's the real, it goes back to what we were just talking about. It's the yeah. real stories. Like you think, oh my God, that person just built that billion dollar business. Yeah, but if you know what they had to sacrifice yeah. and, uh, yeah. day in and day out. Um, and I just like, I love real life stories. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated with you know, the good and the bad of like how people achieved their goals and what they had to do to get there. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's amazing. Yeah, that's a that's a popular favorite. Yeah, that's though. a popular is favorite. It? Is yeah. it? <laughs> I mean, I listen to lots, but I mean, that's... Yeah. No, it's, I no, it's really it. inspiring. Yeah, I yeah. listen to it all the time. Um, so where can everyone find you on Instagram? Where can they find One Potato? Where can they find Weelicious? Tell us where we can this find you on the This is going to be easy. Yeah, so for Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it's Weelicious at Weelicious, W-E-E-L-I-C-I-O-U-S, Weelicious, and One Potato Box. Mm, so OnePotato.com or One Potato Box. Oh, that's so amazing. Thank you so much Thank for joining us. Thank you, guys. Yeah. so much fun. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.